Reclaiming Identity, sharing stories of struggle, pride, and redemption in reconnecting with our heritage. Hi, I'm Drora. And I'm Dahlia. And we're bringing you Reclaiming Identity as part of the ASF Institute of Jewish Experience. Do you feel a part of the Jewish story? Is your family what pops up when people think of Jews? At Reclaiming Identity, we celebrate and explore the greater Jewish experience. We encourage you to tell your story and take pride in your heritage as it is a part of your identity. Listen to other people's stories, ask questions, be curious, and reclaim your identity. dive into it. If you guys could each introduce yourselves, uh, tell us where you are in life now, where you were born, where your family's from. I'm Eliana and uh, I am 27. I came to Israel, Jerusalem in 2016 and I was studying at the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies and after that I made Aliyah. Um, So I've been here since then and right now I work in social media marketing. I'm very glad to be here and be in Allah. I come from uh, Mumbai and uh, born and raised there. I come from families that were involved, that are involved in the Jewish community and the synagogue. So my grandfather uh, on my dad's side, he was the chazan of the village. The village is Pan. Um, and my mom's father, he used to sing in the show that we used to go to um, in Mumbai called um, uh, Magen Hasidim. And uh, yeah, and I think I was brought up with very strong Jewish morals and values. My mom works at uh, the JDC, also called the Joint, or the Joint Distribution Committee, which is one of the biggest Jewish humanitarian organizations. And um, that's how I got involved with the Jewish community and became active. And I was a like semi school teacher for six years over there. And my dad was also active with the with the government the government ruling party that was before, not now. But during COVID, he helped a lot. And like a lot of people were the people who passed away. Like sadly, because of COVID, the government would not give up, the hospitals were not giving away their bodies to have a proper funeral. So. My dad was there and a lot of other things, so, yeah. Um, my name is Aviva Jacob. Uh, I'm 23 years old. And I came to Israel in 2018. I came here to study graphic design in computer skills. It's a women's institute uh, where they have different type of courses. And I was studying there for a year. And I, am, I, I could say I'm like a freelancer graphic designer. I wouldn't say a graphic designer. Then I met Alia in 2020, right before Corona, <laughs> and um, and since then I'm living um, since 2018. I'm living in uh, Yerushalayim, in Ramad. I'm working as a secretary in a mental health clinic. I'm also born in Mumbai, raised since then, and uh, my my father was like uh, I would say a chazan for a shul in the area where we were living. For a shul called he was a cousin for almost like 25 years. And uh, my mother was a balanit, a mikveh attendant for like, um, let's say for 10 years maybe. And um, she was in, um, she was taking care of the mikveh built by Chabad, the family which was killed in the terrorist attack. They built a Mikwe and um, my father, my mother was appointed as a Mikwe attendant for the Mikwe and till I mean now we moved to a different city which is like three hours away from Mumbai but uh, before that she was working as a Mikwe attendant and um, and my father is also a Mashkiach for Starkey which is like a Heksher, a very good well-known Heksher and my parents are still living there and <laughs> want to make Alia just figuring out how but um, yeah, that's, that's what my life is now. <laughs> uh, my name is Ronald Jacob. I'm 26. I uh, came to Israel uh, two years ago. Um, I was born and brought up in Mumbai, in the Venezuelan community, very much involved in uh, active part of the Jewish uh, youth group 
started off with Gan Katan, which is the informal Jewish education program of the JCC, Jewish Community Center in Mumbai. Then um, I started off with uh, the JYP, the Jewish Youth Pioneers, which is the youth wing of uh, the JDC, which is uh, the organization that um, is responsible for the JCC. I was actively involved and uh, a part of the committee for three years in JYP. Later on, attended a few international programs like Sarwash, International Camp in Hungary, Wujus, World Union of Jewish Students, and uh, March of the Living program in Poland. And apart from this, I was also involved in the security group that was formed after the 26-11 Mumbai attacks. A, few, a bunch of Jewish youth came together and uh, felt the need for security for the community. And it, it's called the Indian Jewish Security. So I was volunteering for the IJS for two and a half years. Uh, eventually went for trainings uh, and I was the Krav Maga instructor as well. I was working for Elal as a Meta Shell in uh, Mumbai for two years. So gradually I decided uh, my, my path is leading me towards uh, something much higher and greater and the desire to protect the, the only Jewish state in the world. I uh, volunteered through Machal, Machal program uh, in the IDF. Uh, I drafted in uh, August 2019 to Mikhail which is the base for uh, Olim and Khayalim Mududim, lone soldiers from all around the world. Did a three months course for, of Hebrew and uh, then I participated in the tryouts for uh, paratroopers, the paratroopers brigade in the IDF, Sanchanin, and got selected, rafted to the uh, paratroopers brigade in uh, November 2019. Ever since, uh, finished service almost two years, uh, got released in uh, the end of June, and now I'm pursuing my master's in uh, Reichmann University. Uh, formerly known as IDC, uh, it's MA in government. My my Jewish roots. Uh, my my dad was. I think uh, I get my traits from my dad. He was very much uh, involved in the community. He was uh, the director of the JDC in India. Me and Aviva are uh, second cousins, second degree cousin, cousins, and my my dad's grandfather, that is my great grandfather, was the the Khazan in. Uh, one of the oldest synagogues in Mumbai. Is is Jacob a common last name? Because I was I knew that both of you had the last name uh, Jacob. Apparently, it's it's uh, one of the <laughs> great grandfather's names that that was taken as a surname. Ah. Yeah. So our uh, actual last name is Ashtamkar. Ah. And every Benesrali Jew, uh, almost every Benesrali Jew would have a Kar at the end of their surnames. Mm -hmm. It's very peculiar, peculiar and. Uh, basically uh, represents the village that they came from in the Konkan coast. For example, my last name is Fansa Poker. Mm -hmm. But to tell when I'm living in Jerusalem and there are other people meeting and I go like, my name is Eliana Sasson. Sasson is my middle name. And usually in India, like your father's first name becomes your middle name. Mm -hmm. So I kind of said like, yeah, I'm Eliana Sasson. So, but then when people are talking about what exactly is your last name? like. Be ready for this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So you go by Aliana Sasan, but when I'm your to that Zahud. Yes, it's yeah. Yeah. I have all the three names. Ah, okay. Well, I didn't realize that 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 you take your father's name as your mi middle name. name. That's very common it, in India. So I didn't know that because also at least Arabs in this area do that also. I've heard that Russians do it too, or people yeah. like from the Middle East do it too. So interesting. Yeah, cool. and India is a combination. There's like the Far East, but combination of like Middle East and. If if I understood correctly, all of your families were in have been in India for a while. Mm -hmm. Were there are there stories that like you heard from your parents about how the Jewish community was? before how things were were like for the Jewish community before? I would say because the British ruled over India before independence, the Jews had a good command over uh, English. They were 
pretty much uh, holding the high ranks, high mm-hmm. jobs in uh, in Mumbai, and uh, most of the peop- most of the Jews came to Mumbai during the British rule, and that's what I've heard. Also, uh, there's a prominent Jewish uh, major from the Indian Army. No, he was a colonel, Colonel J F R Jacob. He was from the Baghdadi community, though. He was. Uh, if I'm not wrong, he was also the national security advisor of India at one point of time, and a mayor of a few states. And you're saying that was because of the English influence, uh, the yes. British being in, in and England. also having also trading, and uh, we had a good hold over uh, the the markets. I that's what I think uh, led to them flourishing in India as well. Once the British left. Are there, like, how, how how did you hear that the Jewish community coped with it? I don't know. I'm your parents are not old enough for that, but maybe your grandparents. Okay. From what I heard, like, so there are five Jewish communities in India. We are come from the Bene Israel. Then um, there's Cochini, who live in the down south. And the other one was Baghdadi, which is also, like, a recent, maybe for, like, the past hundred years or something, which have come from the Middle East. And then we have Bene Menashe and Bene Ephraim. So since you mentioned the five communities, can you explain how, when you were growing up, what was the interaction between the communities? Were all of them represented in Mumbai? Or? So, all of the five communities, I mean, the, the Baghdadi Jews lived in Mumbai and the Bene Israelis lived in Mumbai, but we also live in uh, the state, which is Maharashtra. Some of them are outside the state in Gujarat, and I don't know if there was also a community in Delhi and other places. As I said, the Cochini lived down south, and the Bene Menashe live in the northeast and the Bene Ephraim live also somewhere in the south of India. So growing up, I think my interaction was mostly with Jews from my community. And um, it Your was Your community being? Bene Israel. Oh, oh. To, to give a history of like Bene Israel, if I have the permission, uh, our community is 2,500 years old living in India. Some say we fled before the first exile, some say after the first exile from Israel. Um, and you know, there were like ships that I, I don't know where they were supposed to go. They did not plan on being in India, but you know, they got shipwrecked and only seven men and seven women landed on the Indian coast. And because they had lost everything in the sea, they decided to keep Judaism alive in a foreign country by sticking to their basics, which is Shema Shabbat Kashrut laws, Brit Milah, and um, family purity. So, and from those seven couples came this whole community. A thousand years later, when the when the Cochini community was already established in, in India, a rabbi called David Rahabi came up to our state and he saw these women selling fish with fins and scales. So, and he was like, okay, and he observed their family, saw that they don't walk on Shabbat. The primary occupation of the Bene Israeli Jews was oil pressing. And he saw that, and they were called Shaniwar Teli. Shaniwar is Saturday, Teli is like oil presser. So they were called as a Saturday oil pressers because they wouldn't work on Saturdays. And he saw that, you know, they say the Shema and realized that they're Jewish. So he connected the two communities and that's why we have Sephardi or Edota Mizrach Minhagim and Nusach, but we also have our own Minhagim and customs and things we do and our own spice that we bring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, to add on that, we also have our own Sidurim. Yeah. We have um, Rabbanim, Ben Israel Rabbanim, who, um, who come out with Sidurim with Ben Israeli, um, Edota um, Mizrach, like you know, Sephardi slash Ben Israeli. So we have our own customs. So if we say Burkhana Muslim, there will be an extra a paragraph in Burkhana Muslim where Ben Israelis say. And we also have a lot of other customs, like we have a ceremony called Malida, where we do it on special occasions. We have like a um, song and also like a lot of um, parakim to say, that's called, we call it Ilyahun Navi. And uh, that's that's very like you know special for the Israel community because whenever they have a special thing like let's say Hena we have Hena, 
before henna starts, we have to do a Leo Hanabi. Like, or, yeah. or a Brooke Miller. Yeah, or someone, or is getting married. someone is getting married. Yeah, I, yeah. Any situation. I've also heard that her families do it when um, their children are going to the army. So they do it before they go to the army. And like to add on to that, it, it consists of like paragraphs. Elia Hanabi is very revered in our community. Like, mm, he yeah. is, like, <laughs> you know, so he is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the, in the whole liturgy that's there, I wish I'd brought the the book, which is written, not written, but Compiled. another rabbi called Rav Shmuel Direkar Ben Shalom. He lives in remote, and uh, he is combi- he's, he's compiled, uh, like, uh, a Sidur, a Benesrali Sidur, and I recently bought it and I was like very proud of myself. Mm-hmm. So, but I should have got that, I don't remember. Um, yeah, and he's, he's like compiled all of that. And like I, the main idea is like we sing praises of Eliyahu and Navi, but there are also prakim that are from the Torah, mm-hmm. especially like the blessings that is given to like now I know because I read the parasha and I go like, oh, this is what we read. Mm-hmm. Like the bracho that are given for Yaakov and uh, in Yitzchak and in uh, Menashe and Ephraim and all the kids so like it's also a combination of all the prayers and also like giving praises to Hashem so it's kind of the thanksgiving ceremony that the yeah, uh, Ganesh community <laughs> has also uh, it's a very recent event uh, to be Shvat in Israel is now uh, officially considered Malida Day uh, from, from last year in, well. Like the Ethiopian Jews have said, in order to honor the Ben Israeli community, better late than never, they announced that Tu Bishwat is also going to be celebrated as Malida Day uh, every year. Wow, oh, I didn't know that they made that official. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you can you explain a little bit about the connection? Why why Eliyahu Navi has such a strong place in the Ben Israeli? Uh, I would say it is it is said. I'm I'm not sure. I've not been there, but uh, there's there's a mark of Eliyahu Navi's chariot that is scraped on a stone in uh, the coast of India. It said that he he actually landed in uh, in India on the coast uh, where the Venezuelans were. That gives it a connection to the Venezuelan community, and that it said that it's his blessings that the Venezuelan community has flourished. Like it's believed that he came and like met people in the community, but also like he went up. So and I, I, my family would go to that place. Australia would goes to that place a lot, and they have the Malida ceremony over there. Mm-hmm. So in the Malida ceremony, what we do is basically um, flattened rice, sweetened flattened rice with cardamom. But we either do like to be basic, either three fruits or with like five or seven to be more like um, festive. And the idea is like you have different kinds of fruits eh, because uh, you want to add more blessings, blessings to the table. Also, to be Shwat has the similar idea of uh, having blessings over all the fruits, uh, all the species, if I'm not yeah. wrong. That species, yeah. seven, seven species. Seven species. And, yeah. and Malida is kind of similar, so that gives it a mm-hmm. connection as well. So so that's a uh, specifically Bene Israel thing. Correct. Yeah. So the, Baghdadi Jews don't take part. No. 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 But they, they definitely have attended Mulida ceremonies with us yeah. in the synagogues. <laughs> what is the connection um, between the two communities in Mumbai? Like, especially for you, whether it was in the synagogues or at the JCC, was there a connection between the two? There there are uh, a few synagogues that are Baghdadi synagogues mm-hmm. and a few that have been Israeli synagogues. And uh, I would say, as, as I grew up, I see no difference between the Baghdadis and the Ben Israelis. They were all together. We used to pray in their synagogues. They used to come pray with us in our synagogues. The Baghdadi community in Mumbai is uh, diminishing really quick, more, more uh, faster than the Ben Israeli community. Mm. There's, uh, if I'm not wrong, a couple of hundred uh, Baghdadi Jews left in uh, Mumbai. As opposed to how many Ben Israelis? Uh, Israelis, uh, I would say, Jews in general are 5,000 in India. Uh, out of which the majority are uh, around 3,500 or 4,000. There was a big Baghdadi community in Kolkata. Right. Uh, the Nahum bakery that 
uh, still is uh, operational in Kolkata is very famous and Nahum was a if I'm not wrong the deputy mayor of Jerusalem is married to Nahum's son oh I think yeah uh, Flora Hassan Nahum is she's from Gibraltar ah um, okay yeah I also know about the Nahum bakery because right. my my um my husband's mom's maiden name is Nahum, but no. from Libya. So ah, not okay. the same, but when she visited there, she everyone told her, oh, you have to go to the bakery. Right. It's the same thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, interesting. Oh, I didn't know she was married. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know she was married to him. So let's go back. So when you were in school, did you go to a Jewish school? Did you have somewhere where you learned basically about the Jewish history? If it wasn't in the school, if it was like in another setting... So I would say, as I said, Aviva and I went to the school that, uh, like, you know, where the synagogue is, Magin David. The school is called Sarajay Kachisun. I, I came there in seventh grade, but it was very interesting. Before 1948, that school and that whole area had a lot of Jews. Mm-hmm. But after that, like, you know, when Israel established, people made Aliyah. So initially, like, the, the majority of the population that time was Jewish. But now, when we were there, it was like majority of them were Muslims, and we were like one percent. Yeah, like um, probably we would be like fifteen students in the whole school. Exactly, in the and whole school. And the whole school, or uh, like kindergarten, kindergarten like until the tenth grade, and there would be most of them would be Muslims. So we studied with Muslims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had Jewish holidays, though. Yeah. That was a perk, but it had, it had, it had its thing. Like, for example, yeah. we would have a holiday for, like, Yom Kippur, but we have an exam the next day. So, exactly. Like, how exactly are we studying? For so, the Muslims had study, time for studying, and we were, like, downing, uh-huh. and they have to attend the exam next day. Yeah. And difficult, but... Yeah. And uh, Judaism was not very much taught about at our time, at mm-hmm. least. Before, Hebrew was the second language of the school, mm-hmm. but when we came, I think we had uh, people from the JDC, I think before they had your dad come there, yeah, exactly. it was way before way I came before, in, yeah, yeah. who would come either like thrice a week or twice a week and then teach us about Judaism. But that um, would be after school hours. After school hours. So like, let's say like an hour after school, we had to stay back and like we were giving, we were giving like parasha or like Hebrew, they were teaching us Hebrew and yeah, that's what only one time that a Jewish prayer was said was in public was when we would come after like the small recess, they would have all the Jewish guys like up there on the stage and they would sing Adonolam. Mm-hmm. I don't know for what Shema reason. They did Shema? Okay. Yeah, they did Shema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then after that, like they would have an assembly and after that, 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 that be. We also would like Hanukkah candles, but that too was after school hours and our own personal thing. Whereas from what I heard, they used to do like a whole like a public lighting of Hanukkah and all of that. So, but I, to say if I got my Jewish education from the Jewish school, I would say no. I mostly got my Jewish education going to the JDC, which ran programs and like Nurnal said, the Gankatan, where I came there, my mom started working and I would go there like Sunday mornings and we were learning about Judaism. They would have like kids camps and programs for like of all ages and then so I was part of Gankatan and then like when I was 16, I came back in to volunteer at Gankatan and I made my way up as a teacher. So I would say like I actually got my Jewish education from JDC and I, I feel like I owe it to them. Um, yeah, and probably some of them learning just from my family, like how we do certain things, how the bad night is done like the prayers we sing and the songs and the tunes and the costumes and what we are told to do it's yeah it's very interesting and then like you know when you're coming it feels a bit like in a bubble when you're in india and then you step out and you come to israel where you're just like faced with so many different kinds of minhagim and you're in a totally different environment and you're like a minority and then it's like oh like i have to cling on to my minhagim and like not give up and not assimilate also to add to that uh, were you were you at the same school no i wasn't i wasn't in the jewish school so the only 
uh, I'd say the only informal education that I had I got or uh, was uh, in JCC. I used to I was quite regular at JCC. Um, Every Sunday, there was uh, the Gankatan day camps uh, during summer holidays for for kids. Youth camps. I got all my uh, Jewish education from the JCC, and uh, right now the current dynamics in Mumbai is, is uh, a little different. The Chabad uh, in Mumbai is pretty much active. I'm I'm hearing this. I haven't been there for uh, quite some time now, but uh, the, the Jewish kids have started speaking Hebrew, which is really it's a it's a big uh, thing for uh, Jews in India. Jews in India just used to study Hebrew but not speak in Hebrew and there's a lot of kids that are going to the Chabad school which is uh, pretty uh, interesting to know. So, so the Chabad has a separate school that's not the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, they have the other school. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't have the connection with Chabad when you were there. No, it's it's re- it's quite recent. Yeah, yeah. they became active after, after the event with the Jewish community. Earlier, they mostly catered to foreigners. For, not, foreigners. I wouldn't say foreigners, Israelis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not, but not just uh, Israelis, but also like yeah, people who came from different foreign. countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you said that you, when you came to Israel, you were exposed to all these other minhagim, whereas you were in a bubble. Did you guys have a similar experience when you came? I was also very surprised when I came to Israel, like, wow, there's so many kind of Jewish people, you know, with so different minhagim and the dressing style and everything. And uh, now I live with like two Ashkenazim girls. So when I dive in, for sure, their nusach is different, my nusach is different. So the vocabulary they say is different and it, everything is different. And it was very difficult to catch on there. But now, for sure, now, I mean, I, I follow the Sephardic Nusab and also when I try my best. But, you know, if we dive in, it's like different. And um, yeah, it was very different. And the way they dress, I mean, the men's, when I saw it, like, they have a thing. Like, why show black pants and like a tzitzit outside or a hat? And, and there wasn't like that in India. No, not at all, no. In India, everyone has a kippah. An Indian, uh, Indian man would have a kippah and a sisid inside. They wouldn't have outside. Maybe but, but some not, might. not all of them. Some of them would wear a kippah only when they're praying. Yeah, some of them wore like tzitzit. They would wear tzitzit when they're in shul and they're praying. Yeah. But they're not wearing like tzitzit inside. Inside, yeah. At least like not my dad. Yeah, I mean my father did. We, the, the men never wore like white shirt, black pants, you know, only for Shabbat. I mean, my father used to, my father and brother would wear like white shirt on Shabbat because it's like, you know, nice to wear it. But it was very different. Even words like Davin and Shul, are those words yeah. that you picked up here or were those? Yeah, also? very much so. <laughs> I think also we were quite exposed to the international uh, or the Ashkenazim and JCC because most of the, the JCC fellows that used to come and volunteer at the JCC were mostly Americans. I, I, I remember learning a few uh, prayers in the Ashkenazi tune <laughs> and not the Sephardi. I was not that uh, religious and I never used to go to the synagogues. Rather used to be there uh, for security <laughs> So. Well, for me, um, when I came, Pardes is mostly Ashkenazi. I mean, yes, I had like some, like a small window to Ashkenazi culture then uh, with JDC and I worked closely with the fellows for the Sunday school program. Um, but when I came here and I was at Pardes, it was mostly Ashkenazi. It was like, it was just like somebody threw me into like a pool of Ashkenaz and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and, but, like, usually, like in India, like a community is very uh, traditional. And women are like, the, if you, in, even if we attend the synagogue, we are not like, a lot of the women, like, don't, I'm not, I'm not davening from a book. So then I came here and I was like, okay, now I have to. So the first Sidur I picked up was Ashkenazi. At that time, I didn't know very much the difference between Ashkenazi and, and Sephardi. It was just like, okay, now I'm like learning and I was trying like, you know, 
saying 18, I'm saying little by little I'm getting to it. Uh, it was only recently that I realized, okay, so Sephardi is different and Ashkenaz is different. And when I met with the, uh, the Ben Yisraeli rabbi that I mentioned recently, but also before him, I met another rabbi and I was talking to him about like, okay, now I know what's the difference between Ashkenaz and Sephardi, then like, what do I do? Like, can I stick? And he's like, no, you should stick to what's your, what's your Masoret, what's, what's your Minhag. Okay, so now I'm like on this whole journey of finding things about my community and there are things that we do in the community that when I tell people, they're like, what? When I spoke to the other rabbi, his name is Rav Pinkas Eliyahu Shaddai, he lives in the old city in Jerusalem and he, he's, he's also a Kabbalist. So, and when I tell him, he was like, you know what, your, your minhagim are actually rooted in Zohar and Kabbalah. All this time, I thought my community was not doing the right thing, but then they were doing the right thing all along. It was a bit of like, I came here to become more religious. I'm not orthodox. I don't like the term. and I don't like to put myself in a box. People are like, so what kind of Jew are you? Are you like orthodox? Are you, re are you reform? Like, you know, what movement do you belong to? And I'm like, uh, the Jewish movement? <laughs> so, because in India, like, we don't have that mentality of like, oh, if you're this, then you're like religious and you have to be like far away. If you're like, you know, we don't have that kind of, we do have a like a reform movement, which is recent, but somewhere it's also like a combination of traditional and reform. It was like when I came here, it was like a stark like, oh, okay, I, I, I don't have to be like a particular juror. I'm like trying to be, I'm trying to be more observant, but yeah, that was like, it's still a very like different for me. Like, <laughs> I think I can go on and on. <laughs> but like also the concept of like Jews of color so when I came here people were like oh so you're a Jew of color and I'm like oh, okay fine like okay <laughs> but all those things were like like orthodox reform like my conservative and this and that were like very I had heard about it but it just like was like I was just faced with it like like this when I came here and I was like Oh my god, like, okay. <laughs> Those are very um, American terms yes, to use. Yes. So I'm not sure Israelis would necessarily ask those same questions. They would ask more like, are you Mizrahi or are you Ashkenazi or things mm -hmm. like that. But yeah. Um, it, but it's it's also interesting that that was like your first experience. Yeah. Here. Well, like, the questions I get when I say, like, you know, I'm from India, so. A lot of times I get questions like, oh, so are you Jewish? Is your mother Jewish? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Being like, yeah, I come from a Jewish community that's 2,500 years old. But it gets, it gets frustrating to a point. And it's like people either think that I'm a convert or I'm not Jewish because they didn't hear about Jews in India. So it, it gets like those questions feel very like offensive and invasive. Like, I just met you, <laughs> but I understand that people are ignorant and they're curious. I also feel that there needs to be a proper way to express curiosity and to ask questions and being understanding and being, you know, just careful and sensible. Mm -hmm. So that's what I feel. And, but if I get asked the question every time, it gets to a point of frustration. So... Yeah, that's there. But I, I like, uh, I am proud of where I come from and I don't mind talking about the community. It's always a, it's an honor. But yeah, I just wish people were more, more informed mm -hmm. and more like sensitive to how questions come out as. Have you guys had similar experiences? I've got questions. They, most of the people don't know about uh, the Jewish community in India. I don't know, it's how you perceive uh, or how you tackle people like uh, like these or questions like these. I don't need to prove anyone how Jewish I am or no one's a shofet or a judge to verify my Jewishness. So that's what matters to me. <laughs> I could go on and uh, explain what they or tell them my Jewish roots, but I don't care what, what they think about me. <laughs> so it's it's you... about how I feel about uh, mm -hmm myself or my Jewish roots. So you do get the questions, but they don't impact you so much? Never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, me, I mean, they they always like, 
first expression like whoa that's so cool and then they they then uh they some people ask me I I'm 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 kebab so like no I'm not then I tell them like my story and like most of them are like funny they ask me like a question are there cows on the street like that's about India in general right yeah they that's have, yeah they have their stigma on the episode <laughs> yeah. yeah but I also like I never got a question about like my Jewishness just they're just curious uh, about me being an Indian Jew and they want to know about me so like I tell them about my history yeah. I think it depends on the kind of circle you are in mm-hmm. whereas yeah. I like Aviva is more in an orthodox circle correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong yeah, no, you're so right. <laughs> I, from what I've heard I also have orthodox friends, friends like, and I have a friend so like those questions are not much asked in an orthodox circle Whereas I am very much, I live in Katamon, mm-hmm. <laughs> famous Katamon, and I'm very much in a mixed circle where like, I, most of the time I get those questions from Americans. Mm-hmm. I think it depends. And I think I, I don't dress orthodox. Like I'm, on a usual day, I'm wearing like pants and jeans and like in a top and like, mm-hmm. it's only Shabbat or like, you know, great events that I, I you know, dress up in a dress or like a skirt. Mm-hmm. So, but otherwise, on an usual day, I'm like, well, there's also the side where there are like a lot of Indian workers living here and they're like not Jewish and that's what they think. They mm-hmm. think that I'm also an Indian worker and I also get like stigmatized questions like that. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, a, as I said, ignorance and like exposure and because like people from our community live in Ashdod and Lod and Ramne, Besheva, Dimona, Kiryat Gat, and all those areas that they're big Indian Jewish communities that if I'm there, people won't ask me. Mm-hmm. But I live in Jerusalem. Right. So where there are like very less Jews very less. Uh, in Jerusalem or Indian Jews mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, so people are not aware. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, that's, that's my experience. Since coming to Israel, how have you um, felt with your with your heritage? Um, how have you connected to it more or less? Um, what has it meant to you to be Ben Israel in Israel? Uh, I think Ben Israel uh, by itself is a, a very rare rare combination around the world. Indian, Jewish. It's a very small community, very small population, but. Uh, I've met a lot of Ben Israeli Jews in, in Israel and uh, are completely disconnected and have never been to India because their parents made Aliyah and now they were they're more Israeli. They can understand Marathi which is the language spoken by the Ben Israeli back in India and they understand Marathi but can't speak Marathi or read or write Marathi. They're trying to revive Marathi uh, in the Ben Israel and this if I'm not from Tel Aviv University, there's classes of Marathi mm-hmm. uh, which are happening. Apart from that, there's quite a few organizations in Israel uh, to represent the community. I don't know how, how uh, well connected they are, but there are. Are you connected to anyone? Yes, I am, but uh, it, I don't feel the same connection that I that I used to do the JCC. Or uh, I'd say that it's, there's no, probably we should I should come up with something or we should come up with something <laughs> for the young uh, people and yeah. I think all the organizations that are existing are the oldies mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a part of an organization that that is not so where we can't connect with uh, the youth mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm sure there's quite quite a few young Ben Israeli Jews who made Aliyah. I think it's high time that we start connecting and probably come up with something now. Mm-hmm. When you say old, you mean like in age, but also in that they came to Israel a long time ago. A long time ago, as well as age. And uh, uh, I don't know, there's Yishpal. There's a big gap between... Uh, the culture or uh, how they think and how uh, Olim 
and uh, in the only more the people who made Alia recently we kind of uh, there's quite quite some uh, work to do and and bridge the gap yeah yeah adding on that i mean it's a very good idea maybe we should like open a gcc in uh in israel where we could bring our tradition and customs you know you know lively again um and also he was saying that the the kids who grew here from the ben israel family they just know hebrew I mean, if we want to communicate with them, they just speak Hebrew, and some of them don't don't even understand Marathi or English. Or English, it's like it's it's like you're talking to like uh, Ashkenazi or Sephardic person, which I feel is sad because you know their parents they know very well Marathi or English, and the kids just like you know drifting away drifting away from their customs and traditions and they're just getting, you know, involved in like a new world. Me personally, when I came to Israel, I also kind of got drifted away from that. Ben is right, oh no, customs. Yeah, coming to Israel also like um, changed my, like living a little bit because I got influenced by the by the other part of the world, like, you know, the other customs and traditions. So I would say I'm not very connected uh, with the Israeli traditions. But, you know, if um, someone is making a malida, for sure, you know, I would love to do that. But I live in an area where I don't have the access to it. Because Yerushalayim, you, as she said, like, we don't have like a community. Whereas in Ashdod and every, everywhere else, they are all connected and they also have shoes and you know they have all these malidas and everything going on so they are like more they feel more connected than us being in Yerushalayim so yeah. you know, that's the thing I would say that it is a major major challenge for me um, because I love Jerusalem and I <laughs> I have relatives all over I tried living, I didn't try, I was living in Ashdod for a while with my relatives, but then I had to come back to Jerusalem because of Ulpan, but anyway, I wanted to come back. Like, I don't know, it's like, it's, it, I feel like it's a very soul connection, and I don't, I cannot imagine myself anywhere else besides Jerusalem. So it is tough, and like, there's no Bene Israeli community here, especially when, like, when there's Chagim. It, for me, it's one of the sore parts of the year because my family is not here and I miss all like the singing and the, and like just going to a Bene Israeli show and just being in the community and I have relatives but because I am like I'm Shomer Shabbat and like you know I, I don't want to make them feel like uncomfortable because of that I'm keeping you know I'm doing more so um, it it's very hard and I end up going to people that are not Indians or more like Ashkenaz and so it's 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 really really hard and as I said over here most of the shows that I go to either Ashkenaz or like Sephardi mm -hmm. and I as I said I met with a rabbi who also lives in Jerusalem and I spoke to him that there should be like a also like a group for like young people but also like a community where young people of all like from our like from who are coming from Mumbai and live in either Jerusalem or other places but want to stay close to their community or either want to be invited by different families or especially people who are becoming more religious and you know are having the same dilemma that I have that either have a place to go or family to go to for Shabbat or Game, so we don't feel like lost. The rabbi said that he also, when he came to Israel, he's been, I think he's been living here for like 20, 30 years. For him, like 27 years. So, but he was also at one point trying to get all the Jews together, like the the Bene Jews or Indian Jews in Jerusalem together and have a community center. But people were scattered, so he cannot manage it. And I'm like, we shouldn't give this. I am not giving up on like that there should be a Bene Israeli show in Jerusalem and I want that, like, you know. But it becomes very hard because when you're exposed here, you learn, when you're learning halacha and you're learning other things. And then you sort like, but my community did this, so do I still need to do this or what? What exactly? So that's when I met the other rabbi, Pinchas. 
and I told him about the different customs that my community does, he's like, stick to it. Because like Minha goes about Hauha. So now it's like, oh my God, like, okay, I don't want to assimilate it because who knows who I'll get married to. And then once I get married to, you know, maybe a person who's not Benetian, then I have to keep the customs of my husband. So now it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like, I need to do this before, like, I have to give it away. And like, you know, but also it's like made me more curious to know why my community does what it does. Where do the customs come from? Who, who, who came up with these? Who taught us that? And what is the reason? So for me, it's somewhere, it's like where I'm trying to strictly trying to hold on to, like, you know, how in Fiddler there was like tradition, mm-hmm. like, and um, thankfully uh, the room is that I live with that I can do my own traditions with it. I uh, live with people who are like coming from different backgrounds. So a lot of I, I, feel like that I'm in a safe place to do my minhag, but sometimes I also end up doing my own minhag so that I go to other people's houses. But yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's a major challenge for me and it's a major dread of like, I, I'll have to let go of something that, that was a part of me or as a part of my history. And when I get married and like, if my husband is not Israel, how am I gonna imprint and like pass on my 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 culture and my traditions and you know my 2500 year old history and will my children learn that will my children do it would they be interested in so yeah i I would say that i'm very very nervous about it and um yeah so i'm gonna ask one final question (laughs) if you guys could just think of uh, going off of what you said it what would you want future Ben Israelis living in Israel to um, feel in terms of their connection to their heritage, whether it's language or whether it's um, customs, what, what, what do you see as being connected to the heritage or do you think that they could be disconnected and continue in whatever the Israeli way is? I'd say that it's important to know your uh, culture and heritage and to carry forward the traditions that that we that's imbibe in our uh, it's it's not stum or uh, that someone came up with uh, with these traditions. We feel it's a pers- it's a matter of personal choice if someone wants to follow the customs and traditions or not. But uh, for me personally, I think uh, it's a matter of pride and. It makes me feel really special to be a Ben Israeli Jew, and uh, there's not many that are like that are Indian Jews or Jews from Indian origin. So I think it's quite special, and it should be continued and taken forward in uh, by the future generations, or for at least for my children and their grandchildren. Too should be really proud and uh, take it up. I also feel that, you know, our tradition should be continued. But as Eliana was saying, it depends whom I marry. <laughs> so if I marry an Indian, Indian Bene Israeli Jew, I would for sure continue my um, heritage and also keep the language, teach my kids the language. And um, I would, would you would you keep it would you keep the language though even if you were to marry someone who wasn't Benetian? I I would try I would try I don't want to confuse the kid though I don't want to teach him like so many language and he will be confused but I will try I will try my best doing that and if I if I marry someone else I would also teach my kids my traditions and what my parents, my grandparents taught, the songs which we used to sing uh, during the Seder or Shabbat, I would, I would love to teach that to my kids. And um, I also wish that, you know, the other, other Indian people who live in Israel, um, you know, they should also get, stay connected with their thing. But as Ronel said, it's their personal opinion, it's personal choice. But I personally feel they should be connected. I feel that there needs to be a place where, like, there's a community center and there are people coming, young people coming especially, who make Aliyah by themselves. And when they come to Israel, we are at risk of assimilation. 
not to like to other religions like mm-hmm. yes that can happen also but profession but like to other cultures and we can think oh what our people did is like you know okay that's not important or that's not this but also like we can feel very alone especially like as i said like i feel alone and lost because i'm not around like like i'm not in a benedictine really jewish community and for me it's very easy well maybe no so maybe what we did is not okay so maybe i'm going to do what's like what's the usual thing and i feel that if there is a place where people can come where young benedictine really jews making aliyah can come and if they have questions about our culture and if they have questions about like you know all the things that we do as benedictine really jews and if there is a network that connects young people to other families or give them like a place of like where they can feel like safe and they're part of something and they can say that okay this is my community in Jerusalem yes i had a community back home but i also have a community here but i think what happened when people made aliyah people became very much like individualized it became from family to family and now we across different jewish communities so i think the mentality is different i hope like some somewhere down the line there will be like a benishly community center or benishly like shul in you know Jerusalem Bezatashem and like if we give that i think that is what will make people be more stronger um and maintain their their indian jewish or benishly identity and learn more about it and be connected to it mm-hmm. so that's what i feel also to add to that uh this now we have social media and uh with uh so many social media websites and apps we we do have uh, a group on facebook on uh, on whatsapp of the indian jury and international group for ben israelis as well so that's uh quite important but uh, this is on the virtual front not mm-hmm. nothing on the yeah excellent thank you thank you so much thank you thank you for listening reclaiming identity is produced and edited by moshe singer and executive produced by dalia arusi and drora arusi our theme music is by vanessa paloma be sure to check her out on spotify be a part of the reclamation subscribe to the reclaiming identity podcast on our website instituteofjewishexperience.org on our Facebook page, Spotify, or Apple Music. Follow our programs on our website and the Institute of Jewish Experience channel on YouTube. And please help support these and other ASF Institute of Jewish Experience efforts by donating today. Moses Ali.